welcome to the new moon meditation May 6, 2019. Strengthening the hands of the new group of world service. The theme for this evening presentation and discussion is harmony through conflict reflecting on world crisis. The world today is awash in conflicts and at the same time there has never been such a proliferation of welfare groups and institutions whose aim is to ameliorate the world conditions. Therefore the principle of good conflict and the principle of harmony are concurrently present. All the world problems have been made acutely visible by the unheralded accumulation of available data. And everywhere voices are clamoring for some form of improvement, be it in the political, economic, social, climate, religious, educational, or health sectors. At the same time, a minority of powerful groups in every nation are entrenched in separative and dogmatic thought forms. The situation seems to be exacerbating from year to year, producing an expectation of a future crisis that will lead to some form of respite. Silently and persistently, amidst all this, men and women of goodwill are searching for a unifying vision. For where there is no vision, the people perish. This evening we seek to clarify some of this vision in human mind and to hasten its manifestation. Let's commence by using the invocation of light. Radiance are we and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of grammar. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness <coughs> into day. We are told that one of the major rays functioning through humanity is the fourth ray of harmony through conflict. Therefore, this ray defines the nature of humanity and accordingly energizes, permeates, characterizes every aspect of human life and qualifies all the major activities of humanity 
in the center which we call the race of men. Conflict, an aspect of this ray, is actively predominant and is raging everywhere, from the national and the global arenas to our homes and units in the family. No one is spared. Great nations like the U.S. and Britain, to mention a few, are embroiled in conflicts. The whole of Europe, East and West, is wrestling with whether to look inward to separative sovereignty or to participate in the world's suffering. Asia is rife in divisive religious sentiments in the heart of Africa and across the continent from east to west and north to south, tribalism, religious fanaticism, and wanton corruption threaten the precarious calm, not to mention the rapacious trade interactions between the powerful nations, economically and militarily, that underpin so much stability in the third world countries and everywhere we are no longer at ease. Data collection is so sophisticated that we have, we have easily available world statistics on the inequities in the distribution of every category of world resource. The intense emphasis that the news places on the problematic, the incessant and ubiquitous inundation of information through social media, some positive and others negative, which is relentlessly pushed literally in our faces with the spirit of light, all go to swell the challenges while simultaneously making us globally informed so that every world happening is only a click away. But even though the conflicts and the negatives are shockingly impressive, all is not gloom. For at each flashpoint in every conflict can be found a person, a group, and sometimes almost a whole nation standing for harmony. These voices for goodwill, for right human relations, for help and aid were some time ago not so loudly heard as were the cackling of evil deeds. Not so anymore. And rapidly meeting every incidence of divisiveness, wrong speech and action, is an increasingly vast throng of men and women of goodwill voicing, demonstrating, and pointing to the way of inclusiveness, tolerance, and understanding. Long reflection confirms what we have been told by the Tibetan that conflict is the lower aspect of harmony. This does not mean that we should do evil so that good may come. It means, among many other meanings, that humanity learns slowly and during the process makes many mistakes from which we eventually and inevitably learn. And the learning process is very often characterized by conflict. The attitude of the sensitive and intelligent man and woman on the street trying to make sense of current events anywhere in the world might be summed up by the question, what is happening in the world today? To this question, many explanatory answers have been or are being offered in multitudes of speeches, periodicals, books, think tanks, and institutions, and by pundits and pedestrians alike. One observation emerging, however, is that all nations, great and small, are somewhere in their body politic and social are severely challenged. 
and each circumstance yield to no easy solution. And this challenge is of such a nature that it's leading to or has led to some form of conflict. And the awareness comes that the world is in crisis like never before. What makes this crisis unique is offered by the Tibetan. And it is that for the first time, humanity is consciously aware of the crisis, not in retrospect, but while it is transpiring. The occurrence of a crisis and its simultaneous or concurrent recognition has not characterized human history. And this time, sensitive relationship is happening for the first time and is portentous of initiation of humanity as a whole. The implication of the idea in the previous thought are staggering for the whole of humanity. This is therefore an extraordinary crisis and a great opportunity for disciples assembling today in this new age and calls for deep pondering. The interpretation of the crisis is colored by our many different points of view, religious backgrounds, training, education, etc., etc. For some, it is the world coming to an end. For others, it is the ancient war between good and evil that must precede the second coming. Others too see it as simply new ages of the old age. Still, for some, it is the fight for the establishment of the sustained development goals for all, while others conceive it as a time for pushing for virulent nationalism and sovereignty in the race consciousness. Here we may ask the question, what does it seem and mean to the disciples in the new age, who cannot run away from the world anymore, but must participate in the world right where he or she is? For these disciples, the conflicts amount to the crisis incident to the battle between the personality and the soul that confronts the aspirant and is becoming so widespread that it is confronting the whole of humanity through its groups. This is pointedly indicated in Esoteric Astrology, pages 520 to 521. The crisis, we are told, is the crisis attendant to the emergence of the birth of a new kingdom on earth. With humanity participating with a measure of conscious awareness of the process in which we bring with it the new values that will characterize the new age and make possible the establishment of right human relations, the externalization of the hierarchy, and the return of the Christ. The same essential ideas underlie the many advocates of inclusive paradigm shift in all human activity. A little over a century and a half ago, when dedicating a cemetery for the fallen soldiers who here gave their lives that that nation might live, Abraham Lincoln wondered whether a new nation conceived in liberty can long endure. Longer than that, on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, Arjuna was bewildered and despondent. So were also the disciples of Christ, just after the crucifixion and before his appearance, and also before the advent of the Pentecostal day. And so is bewildered and anxious, sensitive, intelligent, suffering humanity today. Lord Krishna came to the aid of Arjuna. Christ appeared and the Holy Spirit was sent, and Abraham Lincoln was the unifying inspiration for the United States. 
to mention one example among many. Today, the scenario is global, encompassing the whole of the planet. And where is the inspiration today for the world at this time of crisis? Is it not the work being done by the new group of world servers? The role of intuitives, all disciples, all sensitive, intelligent, inclusive people everywhere in the world is inescapably to clarify and illumine and stand with conviction and understanding and incorporation, recognize the new group of world servers and strengthen their hands in service. One of the great contributions that we as aspirants and disciples can make is to recognize and handle crises in our own lives and spheres of duty with joy. Or where there seems to be no crisis, to precipitate one as a participation in and a contribution to the world crisis. For when the disciples and aspirants and all intuitives and inclusive people solve their own crisis, it will contribute to the solution of the world crisis. In this sense, let us conclude with a beautiful and ringing rendition of crisis by the Tibetan on page 477 in the Soteric Astrology. There he says, shirk not these crises, hard and difficult though they may appear to be. Yes, difficult they are. Forget not that the habit of confronting crises is a long-established one within the human consciousness of humanity. Man has the habit of crisis, if I may so call it. They are only points of examination as to strength, purpose, purity, and motives and the intent of the soul. They evoke confidence when surmounted and produce greatly expanded vision. They foster compassion and understanding for the pain and inner conflict they have engendered is never forgotten. For they draw upon the resources of their heart. They release the light of wisdom within the field of knowledge and the world is thereby enriched. May our understanding measure up to this important quote, noting that understanding is a revealing energy which makes achievements possible. At this point, we're going to go through our meditation. And after the meditation, discussion and contribution. Strengthening the hands of the group of world servers. This meditation is used at the time of the new moon. Group fusion. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid them. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them. 
alignment. We recognize our place as a group within the heart center of the group of well serving. Mentally extend a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart center. To the Christ, the heart of love within the hierarchy. And towards Shambhala, where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the mind focused for a few moments on the planetary role of the group of world service, mediating between hierarchy and humanity, responding to hierarchical impression and meditating the plan into existence. Meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. Through the impression and expression of certain great ideas, humanity must be brought to the understanding of the fundamental ideals which will govern the new age. This is the major task of the group of world service.
precipitation. Visualize the precipitation of the will to good, essential love, throughout the planet, from Shambhala, through the planetary heart, the hierarchy, through the Christ, the group of world servers, through all men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, and finally through the hearts and minds of the whole human family. Lower interlude. Consider the many ways in which the power of the one life and the love of the one soul are working out in the world through members of the group of well service, and so building the thought forms of solution to world problems. Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the irradiation of human consciousness with light and love and power. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love Empower, restore the plan on earth. Oh.
now we have reached the part where we suggest few questions for discussions and contributions for reflection the first question is what underlies harmony and conflict what evidence demonstrates that humanity has learned or is learning from past and current conflicts what is crisis spiritually considered for the individual groups nations and the world and the floor is open for contributions Questions again are what underlies harmony and conflict? Mm. The second question is what evidence demonstrates that humanity has learned or is learning from past and current conflicts? The third, what is crisis spiritually considered for the individual, groups, nations, and the world? In terms of the second question, I believe uh, listening to events that are happening now, particularly in this country, and the the edges of some people to uh, influence those who are speaking so that corrections may be made to stop. For example, the United States of America has a constitution and the constitution dictates each branch's responsibility and what that branch must do. And we have our president violating every one of them. And some people are saying, oh, it's okay, let's, let's forget about it and let's move on. If we move on, uh, we are not going to learn anything from uh, what is evolving from all this conflict. All right? Con Congress has a responsibility. And some, listening to what is happening, some people are saying they should forget about it, they shouldn't move ahead. But my belief that they should move ahead and whatever comes out of the investigation, we should use that to strengthen it so in future we don't have another person coming and violating all the norms of, uh, of the constitutional uh, uh, the branches. So uh, I believe humanity is learning. Those who are pushing should con continue to push until all the truth that they, uh, we want to hear comes out. 
so that lesson may be learned from it so that we don't allow in the future people coming to violate what the founding fathers clearly differentiates. So those who are those who are pushing that this thing must go until the whole truth is, is found as a, a forms of a learning that humanity has carried on themselves to see the truth. Some folks just want the thing to stop. And by stopping, we will not learn the necessary lessons that will come from this uh, this uh, crisis. Thank you. Um, when you were sharing, the thought that came to my mind actually was, uh, so the, in the United States, there is some, many would say, like a crisis happening right now. And um, however you view that crisis, I think people may be on different sides or they may see a crisis or maybe they don't. Um, but in terms of thinking about what is the lesson to learn from um, the crisis that we're experiencing, however you want to say that, my question is what, what um, instead of focusing on the crisis, focusing on the, um, the lesson, you know, what is the, what is the, um, the learning that's supposed to come out of this? What, what is the harmony that we're supposed to be moving towards? And I think some people that say, you know, we should ignore um, specifically the president or, or, or not, not spend too much time focusing on it is, in my opinion, actually good advice simply because um, for instance, when you talk about breaking a bad habit, um, I think the Tibetan mentions this, and perhaps it's somebody else in our current time as well, but just the best way is to really just ignore it, not to feed it too much attention. Um, and by ignoring it, um, its influence in the mind and the heart of either the individual or the group is um, lessened. And so if there is an influence we don't necessarily want, um, it's best to not focus on it, not to talk about it. Um, just, just my two cents on that. Um, it's a beautiful point. Mm -hmm. And it comes to strengthen or support the idea that resist not evil. Mm -hmm. Don't put all your energy in resisting evil. Mm -hmm. Rather, put the energy in constructive work. And gradually, the good will emerge for all to see. And the attention that you focus on that evil goes to strengthen it. Energy follows thought. So... Don't waste your energy. Focus on the good. Stress the good. And eventually, it becomes so clear that the way for humanity to tread is inescapable. I had some uh, general thoughts on harmony through conflict, but to respond to your point, um, 
I guess I would point out that it's kind of as both of you are alluding to, there's a lot of attention being focused on this. And I don't think that that's a balanced viewpoint. I think the, I don't know what word you would use, corruption, violating the Constitution, that sort of thing has been going on back and forth between, specifically about the U.S., both parties for years. And what happens is this game of, uh, you know, one side does it and then the other side gets upset and is like, this is bad, and the other side doesn't acknowledge it. And then you know, musical chairs, it's the reverse. But there's never this, well, I'm going to acknowledge when my side's doing something wrong and I'm going to acknowledge when the other side's doing wrong. So, I mean, there, there's, I, I'm not going to get into specific examples, but there's, there's more stuff that could be investigated and, you know, gone on about besides, you know, the Mueller report and things. Um, but I think it's important for everybody to hold their own side accountable um, so that, like you were saying, focus on the good, that if you're running a candidate in whatever level of election and they're really a great person with great ideas, it's kind of like Martin Luther King said, when you have good and evil side by side, people will choose it. But the, the kind of the political game is let's undermine the other party, not let's have somebody as an example that casts uh, a distinction there. And you also raise a very important point. That what is the lesson? What is the lesson to be learned? What is the lesson? I, is it clear that in all these conflicts, the newspapers, television stations, is it clear what we have to learn in order to go beyond this? Is that lesson clear? Have we really found the lesson? What do you think the lesson is from your perspective? The one of the lessons to be learned, first of all, we have to recognize that we have created a very divisive environment. And one of the ways to destroy a nation is to divide that nation. Opponents of any great group know that once you divide, you can conquer. So we have to realize the intense, divisive, and separative, and hateful, venomous speech, action, and thinking going on, and somebody has to rise above it and unify. To do so, you have to make great sacrifices. To unify, you have to sacrifice. You look at the best in every situation, identify it and throw the line, shine the light on it. Even the good within your so-called opponents. Mm. And the lesson to be learned is that the way forward is to unite and focus on 
the principles that lift us forward. Thank you, Emmanuel. That that makes me think. Um, you know, the United States being a particularly divisive country. Of course, all countries can be divisive, um, but it has to do, I think, a lot with the Tibetan says the personality ray of the United States is the sixth ray, which is the one of ideology. Um, for those of you that are listening that maybe don't don't understand the rays so well, but we're a very ideological nation, and I think that lends itself to being. Um, very, very divisive because in the realm of ideas, which is really the realm of the mind, you have, anytime you become ideological, you become very, first of all, superlative, but also very um, mental, um, like the best, like the highest, and say this is, this is the most, the most extreme, the, the top, and you also become either or, because it's the plane of the mind, which is the plane of separation. And I think being so conditioned by that sixth, by that sixth ray and by ideology, um, really lends itself to that division. And I think it's important to remember that the United States does have a second-ray soul, which is the ray of love-wisdom, which is also the ray that the hierarchy um, represents in our planetary life. And um, the Tibetan tells us that the hierarchy and the members of the hierarchy, they have no ideologies, that they're actually um, really beyond, beyond the plane of mind into a higher plane, which is the, what we call the Buddhic plane, or the plane of pure truth, or of... Um, they don't believe they know. Well, it's... it's uh, believe they... Because an ideology is, I think this is how it is. And this other ideology is, like, no, I think it's like this. Mm-hmm. But they see it, no, this is how it is. Exactly, they see things as they are, rather than seeing um, an ideology... Um, so I forgot exactly where I was going with this. Oh dear. Um, they have no ideology. The hierarchy is simply a vehicle, a channel for love, mm-hmm. light, and goodwill. They have no mm. time for conflicts between ideologies, like we are saying. They are just focused on bringing the energy of love, mm-hmm. of light, until the whole world is permeated by those energies. What I was going to add to that is that the hierarchy in humanity have an analogous relationship in the individual to the soul and the personality. And on the spiritual path, um, we're told that the the goal of the disciple or the aspirant is to first of all contact the soul through meditation and then to live a life of service and that this 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 really leads to um, energetically what happens is the um, what we call is the personality ray becomes a sub ray of the egoic ray or the the soul ray and this is this is kind of technical in technical terms what it really means is that instead of the personality and the soul being like two magnets that oppose each other. And so when you have two magnets, you bring them closer and closer and closer together. That resistance becomes more and more and more and more uh, intense, right? And so we, as you bring the personality and the soul closer together, you have this intensity, intensity of resistance, intensity of resistance. And then suddenly something happens. Um, the lower magnet, you could say, repolarizes, and it becomes a medium 
of that second ray um, second ray energy. And so I think what we need in the United States, what that looks like is our ideologies becoming mediums for love wisdom um, and finding a way that how can we have an ideology that really expresses love, express, expresses wisdom, expresses like the, the fact of relationship itself, which is what the hierarchy stands for. In that, in that direction also, we must know that the United States houses one of the great planetary centers, which is New York, and is governed by the sixth ray of devotion and idealism again. Are you saying New York is the United States? No, I'm saying that New York is a planetary center. So it feeds through the United States, the whole world. And the energy that pours through this center is conditioned by the sixth ray of devotion and idealism. So when the United States says, from sea to shining sea, it's a great ideal. Now, to get there, to get from sea to the shining sea, is what the United States is facing right now. Concerning the New York Center, which is a planetary center, it says it manifests, the energy manifests sometimes as conflict between opposing ideologies. We are seeing it between world unity and selfish separateness, between materialistic attitudes and spiritual values. Then he goes on to say, this was when Alice Bailey was alive, the United States of America's decision to stand by righteousness will negate the old order of selfishness and separateness and usher in the new order of world sharing. Hence, the United Nations and its work for unity and social growth. And the keynote for this center is, I light the way. That's the keynote for the UN? For the New York Center. The New York. I had uh, some, I guess, more, more general thoughts on achieving harmony. It kind of connects with what you were saying about the second ray. But um, it was more of the second ray's connection to the fourth ray. Um, and the way of achieving harmony out of conflict. And so I, I guess this is best visualized in, in interpersonal conflict. And, but you know, it can apply on larger levels. So like two people have a conflict over you know, whatever, ideology, anything else. How is it resolved? How, you know, how is it resolved well, not how does it lead to further division and you know, that kind of thing. And I think the the fundamental ingredient in in resolving something of bringing harmony from a conflict is is love, and I think that love has to be in two directions. One, there has to be love of the other person in the situation or the other group or country or whatever, but there also needs to be a love of truth, because if there's just a love of other person, that can lead to just going along with whatever they say and then the conflict's avoided and there's no true harmony. 
And if you just have the love of truth and you know the truth, but you don't share it or discuss it with anybody, you're not helping anybody else in the world. So if that's present in two people that have conflicting views or ideologies or whatever, and they hold by that love to find out the truth, to, you know, be caring or compassionate to the other party, I think they'll eventually come to a harmony or a synthesis. And it's kind of interesting, the, the numerological thing of, um, you know, two plus two equals four. And, you know, the Tibetan talks about there's this line of force between the second ray and the fourth ray, just like there is the, I think, the third ray and the sixth ray. And so I, I found that interesting. But I think that's a, uh, a basic thing because a lot of people avoid conflict, but that doesn't, that leads to a kind of false harmony or putting off the conflict for later. But at the same time, you can't, resolve conflicts with when there's not two people who want to resolve it. If there's one person who's just, I'm right, then there's potentially not much you can do in, in talking about it. You know, And then in that situation, the potential harmony you could achieve is just by demonstrating the truth. Let's hear what yeah. Daniel is going to say. Yeah, I've, been, I've been dying to say something. <laughs> Beautiful. Right. Um, well, I, when I was listening to Isaac, and what he was saying about um, not agreeing with people saying don't pay attention and that what I heard was the fact that uh, how important it was for people to recognize how certain ideals about this country that were enshrined in the for example constitution and uh, the founding of the country were, were threatened and that you know, uh, that not paying attention was missing a chance to recognize that uh, in a way. So there could be a misunderstanding, and and maybe I'm misunderstanding what he was saying, or have a different interpretation. But that's what I heard, and what really it's part of, in my opinion, what underlies um, harmony and conflict. It's a chance to come to a recognition uh, that usually is beyond the poles that are creating that um, tension. And uh, so the, I think the difficulty for us as human beings is that we tend to identify with the emotions. Uh, Primarily with the emotions that usually are involved in what we call, you know, conflict, um, and also <laughs> what we call harmony. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we are um, we are destined or called to actually, you know, we have to remember that we are called and destined to move between the pair of opposites and uh, uh, mentally speaking uh, operate above those not to shun or negate them but to be able to see things um, without being polarized by either or and what Joshua was saying about you know resolving conflict and um, I think some we gain something actually by having the grace uh, sometimes without even knowing how 
to be able to see something, to be able to see down or above uh, the conflict and, and to be released of those emotional shackles that binds us to anything and you know to become a master of the terrain if you if you will i think you made an important point and it is that it was it could be heard in all that all of all of us were saying but isn't it clear that if we if the people of a nation the people of the world are recognizing a crisis it means the light of the soul is shining and revealing to humanity or to that group of people that something is not well and therefore you must look at it it is as if a gentle pat on the back they didn't do it. So the voice was raised a little bit. You got angry. And then it hits you in the face. And you don't have any choice alone. You, could, you can't blame anybody. You have to look at it. You don't have any choice. But this is simply the gradual intensifying of the light of the soul. So today, the light is shining everywhere. And the problem cannot be ignored anymore. It has to be dealt with, one way or the other. Joshua and Daniel, you were saying that the two poles, the two poles can be united by the third pole, which is higher than both of them. And that forms a triangle. And today, the voice of the American people and the voice of well-wishers all over the world, knowing what America has stood for and what America stands for, are all praying that this whole conflict will lead to some harmonious end. Because, like somebody said, as goes America, so goes the world. Therefore, we are watching a world conflict precipitated through the United States of America. Because what is going on goes on everywhere in the world. Corruption, which nation is, a, is, a, is exempt from it? Gra grasping for power, it's all over the world. Hedge money, conflict between two parties, it's all across the world. I think when we redefine the problem in terms of the wider whole, then recognition comes that it's a world problem and men and women of goodwill have a role to play in holding on to the good, the beautiful, and the true. Emmanuel, do we have time for me to share one more thing, or is it? I don't have a watch with me. 
Okay. I'll go ahead and share. Right. Um, so I, I agree with what you said. Um, you didn't say it exactly this way, but you said um, basically crisis is not a sign of evil. No. Actually, apathy would be a sign of evil. Um, crisis is a sign of the soul because it's the soul that works with, with tension, with creating dynamic points of tension, with the distribution of its energy on its plane toward to the personality. And so that's what creates that tension. And, um, and I wonder, you know, in this role of this, of this precipitation of, of crises, what is the role of the new group of world servers? And uh, that is really to be a bridging group, you know, to bridge between humanity and the hierarchy. And as I said earlier, hierarchy is really represents the, the fact of relationship or relationship itself. It is the, the planetary soul. And it's through that, it's through the soul or it's through relationship that the glory of the whole is expressed. And so I think when we try to identify, you know, who, how do we as, as members, as aspiring members or as members of the new group of world servers, how do we fit into this role? It's really, I think, to build um, bridges of relationship. I think, however in whatever form that comes out in. Um, so I'll try to condense this because we don't have too much time. But I think what, what you guys are saying about the crisis, for me, uh, what I've been thinking about for crisis is it's where, like you were kind of saying about the soul, the soul shining light on something, it's something new emerges that's in conflict with the way things are currently. And that's usually uh, something better or truer, that, that contrast there. And I think the role of the new group of world service is to sort of participate that crisis by standing for the new ideals or ideas of the new age and bringing that forward. But one of the, actually I think one of the most important conflicts that's going on now is around um, free speech. And I think the free speech is not just a concept of government it's also a concept of uh, organizations of letting people speak having an open dialogue like you know if, if you have a debate team having an open forum for the ideas to equally be shared and then people can decide rightly or wrongly that that's not an idea I like versus cutting the tires of the other team so I basically Emmanuel's counting me down over here what, what I was getting at is there's a lot of um, tech companies and social medias are trying to shut down and silence people not for breaking laws or violating terms of service but because they have differing ideologies. And I think even if you disagree with people, it's important that those people be allowed to be heard. There was a kind of, I don't know too much about this, but a party in England that was kind of regressive from what I understand but they were suppressed and not put on the media, so people still supported them because it was being suppressed. But then when they heard them speak on TV, it was like, oh, I don't really care about this. And they went away. But if you try to suppress something like we did with the Treaty of Versailles versus Germany, it leads to a building up. Versus Abraham Lincoln, who wanted to reconcile with the South after the Civil War. So we shouldn't be afraid to listen to people, give people platforms provided they're not actually doing violence or breaking the law, et cetera. Thank you very much. The session has come to an end.
the next full moon meeting or full moon conference will be the Taurus full moon. And that is the great Wesak festival. And that coincides also with the Akin School Conference in New York, which will be on Saturday, May the 18th, 2019, at 4 p.m., the Wesak Festival meeting. The Taurus full moon is on the 18th, the same day of that meeting, at 5.11 p.m., Eastern Daylight Time. All are cordially invited. The venue will be the Three West Club, 51st Street between 5th and 6th Avenue in New York. Thank you and good evening.